Chapter thirty four of the King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty four The Last Great Rune. As Alverick hastened back, led by two madmen, to those lands over which he had long ago been lord, the horns of Elfland had sounded in Earl all day and though only orion heard them they no less thrilled the air flooding it deep with their curious golden music and filling the day with a wonder that others felt so that many a young girl leaned from her window to see what was enchanting the morning but as the day wore on the enchantment of the unheard music dwindled giving place to a feeling that weighed on all minds in earl and seemed to bode the eminence of some unknown region of wonder all his life orion had heard these horns blowing at evening except upon days on which he had done ill if he heard the horns at evening he knew that it was well with him but now they had blown in the morning and blew all day like a fanfare in front of a march and orion looked out of his window and saw nothing and the horns rang on proclaiming he knew not what far away they called his thoughts from the things of earth that are the concerns of men far away from all that casts shadows he spoke to no man that day but went among his trolls and such elfin things as had followed them over the border and all men that saw him perceived such a look in his eyes as showed his thoughts to be far in realms that they dreaded and his thoughts were indeed far thence once more with his mother and hers were with him lavishing tendernesses that the years had denied her in their swift passage over our fields that she never had understood and somehow he knew she was nearer and all that strange morning the will-o'-the-wisps were restless and the trolls leaped wildly all about their lofts for the horns of elfland tinged all the air with magic and excited their blood although they could not hear them but towards evening they felt impending some great change and all grew silent and moody and something brought to them yearnings for their far magical home as though a breeze had blown suddenly into their faces straight off the tarns of elfland and they ran up and down the street looking for something magical to ease their loneliness amongst mundane things but found nothing resembling the spell-born lilies that grew in their glory above the elfin tarns and the folk of the village perceived them everywhere and longed for the wholesome earthly days again that there were before the coming of magic to earl and some of them hurried off to the house of the friar and took refuge with him amongst his holy things from all the unhallowed shapes that there were in their streets and all the magic that tingled and loomed in the air and he guarded them with his curses which floated away the light and almost aimless will-o'-the-wisps and even at a short distance awed the trolls but they ran and capered only a little way off and while the little group clustered about the friar seeking solace from him against whatever impended with which the air was growing tenser and grimmer as the short day wore on there went others to gnarl and the busy elders of earl to say see what your plans have done see what you have brought on the village and none of the elders made immediate answer but said that they must take counsel one with another for they trusted greatly in the words said in their parliament and to this intent they gathered again at the forge of gnarl 
it was evening now but the sun had not yet set nor gnarl gone from his work but his fire was beginning to glow with a deeper colour among the shadows that had entered his forge and the elders came in there walking slowly with grave faces partly because of the mystery that they needed to cover their folly from the sight of the villagers partly because magic hung now so gross in the air that they feared the eminence of some portentous thing they sat in their parliament in that inner room while the sun went low and the elfin horns had they but known it blew clear and triumphantly and there they sat in silence for what could they say they had wished for magic and now it had come trolls were in all the streets goblins had entered houses and now the knights were mad with will-o'-the-wisps and all the air was heavy with unknown magic what could they say and after a while gnarl said they must make a new plan for they had been plain bell-fearing folk but now there were magical things all over earl and more came every night from elfland to join them and what would become of the old ways unless they made a plan and gnarl's words emboldened them all though they felt the ominous menace of the horns that they could not hear but the talk of a plan emboldened them for they deemed that they could plan against magic and one by one they rose to speak of a plan but at sunset the talk died down and their dread that something impending grew now to a certain knowledge oth and threll knew it first who had lived familiar with mystery in the woods all knew that something was coming no one knew what and they all sat silent wondering in the gloaming luralu saw it first he had dreamed all day of the weed-green tarns of elfland and growing weary of earth had gone all lonely to the top of a tower that rose from the castle of earl and perched himself on a battlement and gazed wistfully homewards and looking out over the fields we know he saw the shining line coming down on earl and from it he heard rise faint as it rippled over the furrows a murmur of many old songs for it came with all manner of memories old music and lost voices sweeping back again to our old fields what time had driven from earth it was coming towards him bright as the evening star and flashing with sudden colours some common on earth and some unknown to our rainbow so that luralu knew it at once for the frontier of elfland and all his impudence returned to him at sight of his fabulous home and he uttered shrill gusts of laughter from his high perch that rang over the rooftops below like the chatter of building birds and the little homesick trolls in the lofts were cheered by the sound of his merriment though they knew not from what it came and now orion heard the horns blowing so loud and near and there was such triumph in their blowing and pomp and withal so wistful a crooning that he knew now why they blew knew that they proclaimed the approach of the princess of the elfin line knew that his mother came back to him high on her hill zerundaril knew this being forewarned by magic and looking downward at evening she saw that star-like line of blended twilights of old lost summer evenings sweeping over the fields towards earl 
almost she wondered as she saw this glittering thing flowing over the earthly pastures although her wisdom had told her that it must come and on the one side she saw the fields we know full of accustomed things and on the other side looking down from her height she saw behind the myriad tinted border the deep green elfin foliage and elfland's magical flowers and things that delirium sees not nor inspiration on earth and the fabulous creatures of elfland prancing forward and stepping across our fields and bringing elfland with her the twilight flowing from both her hands which she stretched out a little from her was her own lady the princess lirazel coming back to her home and at this sight and at all the strangeness coming across the fields are because of old memories that came with the twilight or bygone songs that sang in it a strange joy came shivering upon zerundarel and if witches weep she wept and now from upper windows of the houses the folk began to see that glittering line which was no earthly twilight they saw it flash at them with its starry gleam and then flow on towards them slowly it came as though it rippled with difficulty over earth's rugged bulk though moving lately over the rightful lands of the elf king it had outspeeded the comet and hardly had they wondered at its strangeness when they found themselves amongst most familiar things for the old memories that floated before it as the wind before the thunder beat in a sudden gust on their hearts and their houses and lo they were living once more amongst things long past and lost and as the line of no earthly light came nearer there rustled before it a sound as of rain on leaves old sighs breathed over again old lovers whispers repeated and there fell on these folk as they all leaned hushed from their windows a mood that looked gently wistfully backward through time such a mood as might lurk by huge dock leaves in ancient gardens when every one is gone that has tended their roses or ever loved the bowers not yet had that line of starlight and bygone loves lapped at the walls of earl or foamed on the houses yet it was so near now that already there slipped away the daily cares that held folk down to the present and they felt the balm of past days and blessings from hands long withered now elders ran out to children that skipped with a rope in the street to bring them into the houses not telling them why for fear of frightening their daughters and the alarm in their mothers faces for a moment startled the children then some of them looked to the eastward and saw that shining line it is elfland coming they said and went on with their skipping and the hounds knew though what they knew i cannot say but some influence reached them from elfland such as comes from the full moon and they bayed as they bay on clear nights when the fields are flooded with moonlight and the dogs in the streets that always watched lest anything strange should come knew how great a strangeness was near them now and proclaimed it to all the valley already the old leather worker in his cottage across the fields looked out of his window to see if his well were frozen saw a may morning of fifty years ago and his wife gathering lilac for elfland had beaten time away from his garden 
and now the jackdaws had left the towers of earl and flew away westward and the baying of the hounds filled all the air and the barking of lesser dogs this suddenly ceased and a great hush fell on the village as though snow had suddenly fallen inches deep and through the hush came softly a strange old music and no one spoke at all then where zerundarel sat by her door with her chin on her hand gazing she saw the bright line touch the houses and stop flowing past them on either side but held by the houses as though it had met with something too strong for its magic but for only a moment the houses held back that wonderful tide for it broke over them with a burst of unearthly foam like a meteor of unknown metal burning in heaven and passed on and the houses stood all quaint and queer and enchanted like homes remembered out of a long past age by the sudden waking of an inherited memory and then she saw the boy she had nursed step forward into the twilight drawn by a power no less than that which was moving elfland she saw him and his mother meet again in all that light that was flooding the valley with splendor and alverick was with her he and she together a little apart from attendant fabulous things that escorted her all the way from the vales of the elfin mountains and from alverick had fallen away that heavy burden of years and all the sorrow of wandering he too was back again in the days that were with old songs and lost voices and zerundarel could not see the princess's tears when she met orion again after all that separation of space and time for though they flashed like stars she stood in the border in all that radiance of starlight that shone about her like the broad face of a planet but though the witch saw not this there came to her old ears clearly the sounds of songs returning again to our fields out of the glens of elfland wherein they had lain so long which were all the old songs lost from the nurseries of earth they crooned now about the meeting of lirazel and orion and Niv and Zend had ease at last from their fierce fancies, for their wild thoughts sank to rest in the calm of Elfland, and slept as hawks sleep in their trees when evening has lulled the world. Zerundarel saw them standing together where the edge of the downs had been, a little way off from Alverick, and there was Vand amongst his golden sheep that were munching the strange sweet juices of wonderful flowers with all these wonders lirazel came for her son and brought elfland with her that never had moved before the width of a harebell over the earthly border and where they met was an old garden of roses under the towers of earl where once she had walked and none had cared for it since great weeds were now in its walks and even they were withered with the rigour of late november their dry stalks hissed about his feet as orion walked through them and they swung back brown behind him over untended paths but before him bloomed in all their glory and beauty the great voluptuous roses gorgeous with summer between november that she was driving before her and that old season of roses that she brought back to her garden lirazel and orion met 
for a moment the withered garden lay brown behind him then it all flashed into bloom and the wild glad song of birds from a hundred arbors welcomed back the old roses and orion was back again in the beauty and brightness of days whose dim fair shades his memory cherished such as are the chief of all the treasures of man but the treasury in which they lie is locked and we have not the key then elfland poured over earl only the holy place of the friar and the garden that was about it remained still of our earth a little island all surrounded by wonder like a mountain peak all rocky alone in air when a mist wells up in the gloaming from highland valleys and leaves only one pinnacle darkly to gaze at the stars for the sound of his bell beat back the rune and the twilight for a little distance all round there he lived happily contented not quite alone amongst his holy things for a few that had been cut off by that magical tide lived on the holy island and served him there and he lived beyond the age of ordinary men but not to the years of magic none ever crossed the boundary but one the witch zerundarel who from her hill that was just on the earthward border would go by broom on starry nights to see her lady again where she dwelt unvexed by years with alverick and orion thence she comes sometimes high in the night on her broom unseen by any down on the earthly fields unless you chance to notice star after star blink out for an instant as she passes by them and sits beside cottage doors and tells queer tales to such as care to have news of the wonders of elfland may i hear her again and with the last of his world-disturbing runes sent forth and his daughter happy once more the elfin king on his tremendous throne breathed and drew in the calm in which elfland basks and all his realms dreamed on in that ageless repose of which deep green pools in summer can barely guess and earl dreamed too with all the rest of elfland and so passed out of all remembrance of men for the twelve that were of the parliament of earl looked through the window of that inner room wherein they planned their plans by the forge of gnarl and gazing over their familiar lands perceived that they were no longer the fields we know end of chapter thirty four the last great rune end of the king of elfland's daughter by lord dunsany this has been recorded for you by Michelle Fry. It was a privilege to read it, and I thank you for listening.